This is Heather Michelle from Grave Shadow. Hey everybody, this is Michael Sweet of Striper. This is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers. This is Alex from Lisa Eyes. Hey guys, Leather Leone here and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. The Great Metal Debate returns with another metal artist interview. Today we're bringing you the folks from Abilet. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, great. Thanks for having us. Well, we're talking to you at the warehouse in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, is this the first time Abilet has played in this part of the U.S.? Uh, yeah, this is actually our first tour. In fact, our first album hasn't come out yet. It comes out uh, tomorrow, which is, what's the date on that? 25th of May, which is tomorrow. <laughs> And this is, I think, just your third day on the... Oh, no. This is day 11. We're, day 11? Yeah, day 11. We've been driving long and hard. We've been doing a lot of eight-hour eight, eight drives, getting from venue to venue, seeing all sorts of crazy parts of the country and having a great time, meeting great people. It's been amazing. The first show was May 11th, and tour goes until June 3rd. And this is across North America, opening for Raven Black. How did you guys come to get on this amazing tour? So Raven Black and us are label mates. We're on the Worm Group label that's run by Ulrich Wild. Um, he is an amazing producer. He's done Pantera Records, White, uh, White Zombie, and Deftones, and a whole bunch of amazing heavy bands like that. So they were looking for a supporting act, and yeah, that's that's pretty much how it came together. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a lot about your new album, but before we get into that. Let's talk a little bit about your background. How did each of you get into music? Oh well, I I don't know if you ever if you even have a choice because like music was such a a a big call that I I always I even never even think about doing something else. For me, um, my mom is a musician, so she had a huge influence on me, inspired me to do it myself, and. I grew up on all the stuff she listened to when she was growing up, so it came naturally to me, too. <laughs> well, my dad was a bass player, and he played jazz, and he was a working musician for most of my childhood until he finally ended up just kind of settling down and get a day job. But, yeah, I pretty much had no choice. I had to learn an instrument, uh, but he wanted me to be a jazz musician or a classical musician, and uh, my, my teen rebellion was starting to play rock and roll and heavy metal, so... <laughs> Did you get any classical training? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was actually a music major in college. I've, I've uh, studied upright bass for years. I studied upright bass for years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I love jazz and I love playing jazz, I'm just, it's it's not my thing. You know, metal has always been my thing, or heavy rock, stoner rock, uh, rock and roll, the blues, uh, jazz. I love it, but, eh, just doesn't resonate with me like, uh, you know, dirty power chords do. Well, so tell us, how did the band Abolith come together initially? So, um, I was in this prog rock band um, at the time. What year was, how long have we been doing this? It was four years ago. Okay. Four years ago, oh my God. Yeah, it's 
I was in this other band uh, with my friend. We were looking for a bass player and a drummer, and so we stuck these ads up um, all over Los Angeles, which is where we're based. Um, and Colin's band at the time, Ultra Electric Mega Galactic, they, um, we hung an ad up in what happened to be their practice space, and he basically... Do you want to finish the story? <laughs> so I stole her from the other band, and I apologize to Nigel for doing that because he's a great dude. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, as soon as I heard her voice, I knew that I had to work with her. It was like it was really everything I've ever wanted in a vocalist, uh, just the elements of, like, you know, Janis Joplin, Chris Cornell, Robert Plant, like all sort of forming this one amazing sound uh, through this young lady. And I knew... Uh, I didn't know what we were going to be doing together, but I knew we were going to be making music together. So that segues into my next question. What What is Aboleth trying to accomplish musically? Like, what what? how would you describe the Aboleth sound? So I always say that we're metalheads who love the blues, so we're kind of like stuck in a limbo between both genres. And it, yeah, it's it's a combination. We call it dirt metal because there's really... There's no name for it yet, and of course, with all the metal subgenres, you gotta name it something. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, definitely very bluesy with the raw vocals, um, head banging riffs, and then there's also a bit of a grunge influence. We're all big Soundgarden fans in the band, so how would you? Describe it, Colin. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, yeah, I, I like to think of it as like uh, you know a heavier ZZ Top with uh, Janis Joplin singing over it, uh, but with the you know with the power and range of Chris Cornell. I mean, yeah, dirt metal was a term we coined almost ironically because there are so many sub 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 genres in metal. Uh, I guess we're closest uh, lumped in with stoner rock, but none of us are really stoners. Uh, but we are. A, you know, dirty Heshers. So we figured dirt metal is our sound that describes it. It sounds like the desert. It sounds like, you know, kicking some dirt off your boots. So that's what we went with. Yeah. The desert is a big part of the, of the vibe. We recorded our first EP out in Yucca Valley. So we love, we love the desert. So the, yeah, dirt metal. Talk about the sub genres. I'm curious as a band who's just kind of starting out. Is that a, a challenge when you don't fit into a specific subgenre or do you find that fans maybe gravitate to you because you don't sound like anything they're used to <laughs> um yes and no it was nice we started out in more of a stoner doom kind of direction um and it's nice you know immediately having kind of kindred bands in the scene to play with but i like that we're moving into our own direction because people definitely pick up on it. We get a lot of feedback being like, oh, it's you guys are doing something fresh, something new. And on the other hand, there's people that are like, no, this doesn't sound like Stone Rock, and they don't like it. But, like, you know, so. <laughs> Metal elitists are part of the scene, so you have to expect yeah. that. Uh, you're one of the few uh, trios that we've had on the podcast before. I think Night Demon and maybe a few others, but uh, not many three pieces. Uh, what's what's the challenge uh, of being that, and then what are also maybe the positives? I've, uh, I'm always intrigued when I see a three-piece performing metal live. It's it's a little different vibe than when you have, like I don't know, like an Elvete where you have 15 people on stage. Yeah. 
Well, uh, we not only is it a challenge having only three of us, but there's really uh, there's there's only one stringed instrument in the band. Uh, Bullet here is our drummer. Uh, uh, Brigitte, of course, is our amazing vocalist. But I play an instrument that I call the bug guitar. It's a hybrid uh, bass guitar type instrument. It's got uh, you know bass strings and guitar strings on the same neck. Uh, I then run that through a bass amp and a guitar amp simultaneously that I place on either side of the stage, so I get a big, full stereo sound. Uh, the challenges, well, they, they are multitude, because I'm the only one filling in that void. Uh, you know, if there's a, an equipment problem, uh, there's no music. If there, you know, if I break a string, there's no music. I have to, you know, really react quickly to make sure that you know, I'm producing the sound, uh, you know, sound out there and, and you know, not making mistakes, basically, because uh, there's no one else I can blame it on or count on to cover it up. Uh, but as far as the advantages, I think, uh, you know, first of all, we're doing something like nobody else is doing. No one else plays this instrument, as far as I know. If you do, you, kudos to you. In fact, you're probably better at it than me. But uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, it makes for a lot more room in the van because we don't have to uh, have an extra person. But it is allowed, I think, for the songwriting. We can write really quick. I mean, usually, Brigitte and I, or at least when we started writing this album, it was just the two of us, woodshedding ideas. We could move really quickly uh, and, and get some ideas down, and it's easy to play around with different ideas when you don't have to teach someone the riff you just came up with, you know, because uh, I'm handling both. So that makes it easy for me. I would assume it gives you some flexibility to, when you're performing live, I'm assuming you don't have click tracks going in your ears, that you can riff, you can play a little longer, do whatever you like. Yeah, no, we we don't play to a click track, it's all raw, it's all live, and on the good side, it's like he's only he's the only guy who's managing the strings, so I really, it's just the two of us locking the instrumental part, so we're constantly looking at each other, and once we glue together, we're glued. We're like, and she's like providing the flow. So we're following her, but it's less people for you to worry about. And this usually tends to keep things together. Well, I'm excited to see you guys for the first time live tonight. Let's focus in on the band's new release, Benthos, out tomorrow. Uh, first, how long has this album been in the works? Um, took about a year to record it um and mix it master it and everything um some of the songs we had started writing a little bit before i don't really know i haven't been keeping track but maybe overall like a year and a half or something uh, we did a lot of like writing and rewriting in the studio too so um yeah we started about a year ago and uh we had a lot of the instrumental stuff done fairly early in the process but we experimented with arrangements and with vocals uh also you know uh, we kind of took our time because we wanted to make the album that we wanted to make we didn't want to feel pressured uh to finish something just because we had a deadline looming over our heads and luckily ulrich uh is our label head but he was also the producer so uh yeah he was actually uh, that that made for a big advantage because he, you know he wasn't waiting on a check from the label and the label wasn't trying to be stingy with getting that getting free hours out of him uh he is a label so uh you know we we kind of worked around his schedule because you know obviously he, he has a lot of stuff going on he's a very busy man uh, i think he might have even been working on a record with raven black at the same time he was working with us yeah. but uh yeah it was really a great experience working with him uh he he provides great input he doesn't step on our toes he just gives us you know ideas that we wouldn't have thought of on our own 
and uh, you know the record came out amazing. So yeah, it was it, it, it was kind of a lengthy process, but I think in the in the big scope of things, it was not you know it's not like it was Chinese democracy. Uh, <laughs> also, I was at the time I was still in the process of graduating from Art Center College of Design, which is like hell's kitchen for artists. So that was really tough. Um, so that's also why it kind of took a while, but I'm glad we took our time with it because, yeah, we didn't want to rush this first one. And you guys have released a video for the track Woven Loaf. Correct. Uh, why that song and kind of what was the inspiration for that video, which I really enjoy. Thank you very much. Uh, so why that song? We, we feel that that song encompasses what our band is about in kind of a nutshell it's heavy it's bluesy it's got the head banging riffs it's it's kind of like if if i were showing abolith to someone who's never heard us before that's the song i'd show them um for the video we actually had a different idea in mind uh but because we were pressed for time with uh scheduling the release we decided to just let the music speak for itself and do more of a performance-based video and it was a lot of fun the space we filmed it in compound studio it was like the perfect vibe it had that whole desert kind of biker yeah. feel to yeah, it's it it's a studio in uh long beach california and uh, uh Ant- antoine is the uh, owner of it and he's a really great guy and he let us go down and film it's just a cool space it really just looks like an old warehouse with guitars hanging on the walls and he's got all these cool vintage amps and He's just like, you know, we were able to just set up and really just kind of, you know, it, it was, you know, it was a performance video. I mean, obviously we were syncing to the pre-recorded track, but it, it almost felt like we were playing it live in the room. Uh, you know, Brigitte was singing, you know, into a PA. Uh, we had the music uh, blasting and uh, it was it was a really fun video to make. It didn't feel like work. It just felt like it felt like a really cool rehearsal that we got to videotape yeah. or, well, digitally record. I guess there's no such thing as videotape anymore. I'm glad we went that route for our first like big uh, video of the album because I always say that the best way to experience our band is live. It's all about the raw energy and just the live experience is the best kind of abolith experience. So I think that video kind of captured that quality of our band. I very much agree. It, it's an awesome video. Now, abolith is from the U.S. West Coast. Older fans like me remember, you know, thrash originating from that area, the hair metal. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the metal scene is like there in 2018. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's interesting. There are a lot of amazing bands uh, in L.A., a lot of amazing bands that, you know, we play shows with. Uh, you know, our, our label mates, Void Vader, are another great band. They do sort of a, you know, melodic thrashy you know old school metal but with like a modern edge uh our 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 friends in high priestess are amazing uh doom band that just came out with an album on uh on ripple records uh all sorts of great bands i mean my buddies in sasquatch who i've you know i've toured with i've played a million shows with them they're like one of the best stoner rock bands out there uh and there's you know there's some great promoters there's church of eighth day that does a lot of the big metal shows there's metal assault we're doing a show with them as soon as we get back. And there's our buddy Scummy, uh, who does uh, basically a Wednesday night uh, heavy metal karaoke. But there's always bands, and it's a great scene. It's called the 
It's called, what the heck is it called? Rockaholic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so there are these cool little, uh, little micro scenes kind of popping up. I wouldn't say it's a metal town necessarily. In fact, you know, it's more of like, a, you know, there's a lot of hipster indie rock. There's uh, a lot of amazing hip hop coming out of L.A. right now. Uh, but the metal scene is still there. Uh, I think it's lacking a great metal venue. We had one for a while uh, called The Complex, and it closed down. So now a lot of the shows are happening at, like, these sort of disparate locations all over town. Uh, but it's still there. I mean, if we had a club like like New York does in St. Vitus, I think it would it would be great to kind of bring everything together. But, uh, you know, a lot of great bands. But the problem with L.A. and with playing in L.A. for any band is just it's hard to get anyone's attention because there's so damn much going on on any given night. And everyone has their own thing going on, you know? It's like all your friends are musicians, actors, or producers, directors. Like, hey, man, I'd love to make your show, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taping, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting a, uh, you know, pilot for my TV show tomorrow or whatever, you know? It's the like, stereotype is real. Uh, it's oh, really like, real. It's very, yeah. very real. Everything you've always thought about L.A. L.A. is a great city, don't get me wrong, but everything you've ever sort of thought about it and, and sort of all the stereotypes are very much real. So you guys were on the road with another band, Hale Sagan, who's no longer on the tour. Without asking you to go into details about that parting, can you talk about the challenges of hitting the road for weeks at a time with people you may have never met and who might have very different expectations about the tour? Uh, well, we actually never met uh, Raven Black in person either before going on this tour, and we were so, we couldn't be more stoked to be touring with those guys. They take such good care of us, and they're amazing. And I don't know. It's been, yeah, yeah I mean, it's been a real, it's actually, it's funny because, you know, there were some controversy that occurred earlier in this tour, but it, for us, it's been such an amazing, positive experience and we've made some great friends. Uh, yeah. Raven black have been amazing. Uh, it, it was interesting too, because, you know, talking about like the, the sub, 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 sub genres of metal, you know, we, we don't really, we're not, uh, we're not necessarily uh, a natural fit because we're playing sort of different genres, but it's been a, actually an amazing fit in terms of, you know, the crowd seem to dig the way the two bands flow together. And it's, for us, it's been amazing, uh, playing yeah. with these guys. They, they're great at what they do. They put on an amazing show, but you know, more importantly, they're just great people. Every single one of the people in this band are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we've been so supportive of each other back and forth, like, we're we're there for each other's sets every night like they watch our set we watch their set and we're hyping each other up and like it's just been really cool like the whole kind of camaraderie that's come out of it um even though we're in seemingly you know such different genres but it's it's all music at the end of the day and we're all musicians doing what we love Plus, I would think it's an opportunity to show what you do to people who might not have otherwise come out to see your band. Exactly. Yeah, that was a big um, reason why we immediately jumped on this, because um, we were thinking about... Because um, this is our first tour. We're a new band, and we uh, we were thinking about setting up something closer to our genre, like in the stone rock doom scene. But when this opportunity came up, we were like, yeah, it's going to be so cool people we're gonna play for people yeah that when maybe wouldn't go see yeah and i think like in overall when you're touring you're like every night in a different city and you're meeting new people and basically everybody who's on this they are music lovers so they went out to see somebody perform and it's it happens to usually be a really nice night you you meet really cool people you 
you witness like different kind of people playing different kinds of music and I think like everybody benefits from that well beginning to wrap up with you guys after this tour supporting Raven Black is over and with the al- new album just about to be released uh, what are the band's plans for summer 2018 and beyond so we have a couple more videos in the making we're doing one I don't know should we yeah, we'll leave this on as a surprise. But yeah, yeah. yeah. We, 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 we're taking we're going to take about a month uh, off of touring so we can shoot a couple more videos. And once we get those done, uh, we're going to try and go right back out uh, as soon as possible. And uh, we, we definitely want, there's a lot of states we haven't hit yet. We want to hit them all. And uh, we want to get over to Europe as soon as we can. Yeah. Finally, what is the best way for fans to purchase music and merchandise, including the new album, Benthos, from Abolith? Uh, so for physical CDs, you can buy them from our Bandcamp, uh, which is abolithband.bandcamp.com. Uh, we have all our shirts there um, and patches. We have cassettes also from our first EP, which are almost gone. They're limited to 50, and they're almost gone. So, yeah, you can purchase them from our Bandcamp and then... Uh, from the Worm Group website, our, our label's website... Um. Yeah, you want to add anything? Uh, yeah, no, that's it. Bandcamp, uh, Worm Group website, uh, and of course, if you want to get it digitally, you can get it on pretty much every major, uh, you know, digital outlet from the iTunes to the Amazons to the to the Googles to the whatever. Uh, it's out there. I mean, most of our uh, social media, uh, you'll find us under Abolith Band, uh, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, it's Abolith Band, Instagram, Instagram Abolith Band. Uh, you type that into pretty much any uh, social media site, and we're going to come up. And I'm guessing that if fans come out to see you on this tour with Raven Black or any subsequent tours this summer, they can purchase items from you in person. Yeah, we have our CD. Um, uh, we have the Benthos CD. We have uh, shirts, including a limited edition also tour shirt. Um, and we have patches and stickers and stuff. So... Well, guys, this is my first time to get to see you alive. I'm so excited about it. Looking forward to the show this evening, and uh, so pleased to meet you all. And best of luck to you on the rest of the tour. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. This is really fun. Thanks for having. Yeah, us. we really appreciate the support of like music lovers trying to spread the word out there. It's super important, and we really appreciate that. Thank you so much.